Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Davity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Back at it again, putting in work here at the Clay Young Show on podcast225.com and on the Apple Podcast app. What's going on, everybody? Hopefully your 2020 has gotten off to an aggressive start. You're having a lot of success, smiling a lot, making a bunch of money. And if not, hopefully all that's on the way for you. Got a good one for you today. In studio with us will be Baton Rouge Police Department Chief Murphy Paul in part one of a discussion. And I can tell you in advance, we've already sat and talked as I record the open. He was up against another appointment, so we just knocked out part one. I wasn't done. There's a lot more I wanted to get to, and I'll talk about that in the closing segment of the show, but uh, he's going to be here with us to talk about that. I'm excited about this year and some of the conversations we're going to have about a great number of things. Uh, Thank you to, to those of you who reached out to me and gave feedback on our conversation with Dave Savona from Cigar Aficionado Magazine, and of course, our conversation with Gordy Rush as it related to the LSU football game. My goodness, that was pretty fantastic. And I think the the area is just now coming off the high that we were on for weeks after that game. It was it was really good. Really, really good. So Chief Paul is going to be in studio talking about a great number of things. Won't keep you waiting. He's on the other side. Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, it has been said if you don't have an income plan, you don't really have a retirement plan. Is that true? Absolutely, I agree with that. You know, most people in their working years have an accumulation plan. They're long-term growth. They're taking risk. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most people that are 60 today, they can look back and say they lost 20% or more in 2003. Wow. And in 2008, they lost maybe more than 20, 30%. Yeah. Uh, so they're old enough to, to know better now. And they now have four to five years to think about retirement. Okay. So if you're less than 10 years to retirement, you're in the red zone. You got to think about creating the income plan, a true written down income plan. Usually there's 40 people in my class and four out of 40 will have a true written down plan. So if you don't have a true written down plan, I want to do it for you. Accountability that's hold you accountable this year. You've been thinking about that for many years. Come on in. Let's do it this year. Income planning, now's the time to get it done. Find out where Brian and his offices are online at brianlowfinancial.com. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Chief Murphy Paul with the Baton Rouge Police Department. Coming off of what was statistically another good year, a reduction in murder. Of course, it doesn't mean that the year was good 
As I'm sure the chief and all of his people would say, any murder is one murder too many. But the reduction continues. We did this last year uh, as well, and we came in and we talked about the number going down. What's up, chief? Hey, how are you, young man? (laughs) Doing pretty good, pretty good, man. So uh, I referenced it in, in the intro that you had a reduction year over year from 2018 to 2019, and you would attribute that to what? Uh, the good work of our detectives, uh, obviously, you know, I, I, um, I, I speak highly of the work they do in, mm-hmm. in, in maintaining that uh, those clearance rates, uh, but also uh, uh, the community. Yeah. You know, the community helping us uh, solve these cases. We cannot solve homicides without help from the community. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that also helps. And also an increase in our, um, our homicide detectives. You know, we uh, we increased the number of detectives uh, in homicide because our caseload was uh, was too much. So we right around 14 mm-hmm. uh, officers in a homicide division. So I think that helps with our clearance rates. And uh, the, the, the more we uh, get these bad actors off the streets, uh, they can no longer continue their felonious activities. And, you know, most people, when they when they listen to what is 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 happening in the community for so long the perspective about crime in baton rouge has been worse than the reality on the streets and i mean i'm sure that happens in a lot of cities but here you know what do you do about that that people think it's you know it's it's more safe than it was year before last and year before last was more safe than that. What do you do to change people's perception who think that all there is in Baton Rouge is just rampant, uncontrolled crime? Yeah, well, you know, and I think we got to do a better job, you know, with that communication piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I find myself in situations where when I say, you know, you hear somebody gets killed in in Baton Rouge every day. Well, that's just not true. It's just not factual. We had uh, 60, uh, 65 uh, homicides in in 2019, uh, four four, four who were shot in previous years, but died in 2019 from those injuries. So we have to count those in our UCR report as well. But a 20% reduction in homicides uh, Mm -hmm. over the first two years. Uh, 2018 and 2019 as compared to 17. Uh, so so when you hear that, uh, that, that misinformation, the challenge that I see from my position is hard to outrun that reputation, mm-hmm. no matter how hard it is. So we're putting together a communication strategy uh, with a, uh, a local company mm-hmm. uh, that's going to help us uh, with that messaging and, and that communication piece so we can constantly uh, uh, educate the public on what's going on in the in the Baton Rouge Police Department and try as best as we can to clear up that misinformation and and put facts out there. What is your relationship with with the media? So for the people listening to this who don't have the opportunity to engage you or talk with you and they see you from a distance because you're the police chief, when you do you let me ask the question this way. Do you think that the information uh, gets to the public and then how would you grade your relationship with local media? Uh, I will probably grade it on, uh, you know, maybe a C, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in that area. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's 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 adversary or anything like that. I just don't think it's as proactive as it should be. It's more responsive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something has happened and then I'm called or I get a call from my guys and we respond to an yeah. incident. Uh, that is one of our priorities uh, in 2020 to do a better job at that uh, communication piece and, and build those relationships. Uh, I rather, you know, I rather 
you know, uh, be the ones telling our story. We can yeah. do a much better job of telling our story. And we try to do that. You mm-hmm. know, we're trying to do that through social media, but we can do better. What are some things that your officers are doing every day that the average person may not know about? Now, obviously, there's the policing of the city that yeah. happens, but some things, community programs, whatever that's going on that people just may not know that's happening at the Baton Rouge Police Department. Yeah, you know, we're involved in, oh, my gosh, over 300 uh, plus events. I'm waiting on those final numbers. I know we were over 320. Uh, community events uh, in, in 2019. So, you know, every day uh, there are, you know, uh, sections within the police department from mm-hmm. our canine officers who are not only out there doing public, uh, uh, you know, meeting with kids in schools, our, our, uh, our mounted division that are working uh, with the communities, but they're also out there engaged and involved in, in crime, you mm-hmm. know, catching uh, uh, using those K-9 as a resource to catch uh, uh, persons who are fleeing from law enforcement. Uh, we have our street crime units that are that are out there, uh, our community policing services, our traffic. Mm-hmm. There are so many stories uh, you can go online and we try to post them on our Facebook account. But there's great work uh, going every day, going on every day. Uh, but I think one of the things we don't get credit for as much as the prevention side. You know, we know uh, in some cases who those bad actors are. And through our partnership uh, with street crimes um, and truce, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to engage some of these individuals when we have information that there is disagreements right. or, or beef, as we refer to it. And we're able to. Uh, 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 become a, a an interrupter in that potential violence that could happen. So um, this is going to be a two part a two part question. Yep. So the first thing is to make certain that everybody listening understands. Ex- explain to the listening public what closure rate means. Uh, clearance rate is or when, clearance rate, clearance rate yeah, yeah, is when there's a there's a homicide and we actually make an arrest in that mm-hmm. homicide. Someone was actually arrested in charge where we develop probable cause for an arrest. What's the Baton Rouge Police Department's clearance rate? Uh, we should be around in, a, in a, right under 60 percent, mid 50s this year. We've been averaging around uh, high 50s, uh, 58, 57, right around the national average. Which That's what I was going to ask you. What So so you yeah. are at the national average for clearance or nearly the national average for clearance rates? Yeah, I think at the end of the year, we were uh, right at 50 percent. But mm-hmm. as you you right after, at the beginning of the year, we made an announcement where we cleared four in yeah. one arrest. And those other three uh, homeless uh, one arrest. That was three cases cleared. And we made another arrest, another arrest. So we cleared out four uh, the first week of January. So I think if you add that to that, we will be closer to the, the national average. As you you've come into the department and have instituted some changes, you you've talked about and gone after some pay raises and and yep. and, be, and you've been open about how internally it's shaken up what is what is what has been quote unquote the norm. Where is that right now in terms of the the familial relationship between all of the agencies that ex, that have existed under your command at PD with these changes you've made? Yeah. So, so, you know, we got a lot of wins, you know, when it comes to the changes, you know, we, we just uh, looked at, there's a report that's going to be coming out. Uh, I got the last draft, uh, which is the, uh, the efficiency study management mm-hmm. partners where they're making some recommendation that are going to be shocking to the conscious for some of us within the organization, because we've never done business like that. But what the report does, it recognize areas where we can make some changes. And if we implement those changes, there's cost savings, right? Mm-hmm. That, 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 can be recognized and then those cost savings can be 
uh, 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 presented towards a raise, right? We can use them or redirected towards a raise. So what I did, I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that I empowered the men and women of the police department to be part of that process. So what we did is we had a meeting, uh, mm-hmm. we reviewed the report. Uh, I gave them an opportunity to, to address There's over 50 plus recommendations in this report. And we went over every single one of them individually. And I listened to the men and women of the police department, uh, on why that recommendation wouldn't work here, right? Not just because we've always done business this way, but let's provide solutions. Or maybe there is something that wasn't considered in a mm-hmm. report that goes on that maybe these experts were not aware of. So we engaged them in the process and we listened. Um, I can tell you that the final report isn't completed yet. I am still waiting on uh, some notes uh, mm-hmm. from my deputy chiefs from what they're hearing from mm-hmm. the men and women of the department. And then I'll make those recommend. I'll make that final report uh, public, uh, hopefully within the next uh, two or three weeks. But I am not going to agree with every part of that report in part because I've listened to the men and women of the department. Sure. And uh, a particularly one guy was very passionate who was over section. And I believe he clearly articulated why the recommendation in that report isn't good for the Baton Rouge Police Department. The difference is uh, he gave a historical perspective Mm -hmm. that the consultant in this case didn't address. So even though they're 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 very articulate in their recommendation on why it's best practice, I believe that. The words that I heard from that commander on why we shouldn't take that recommendation, I'm leaning in that favor. So so it's really listening to the men and women of the police department before I make the final recommendation. Uh, There's some debate on the numbers. I don't Mm -hmm. think the numbers that they're recognizing can be recognized right now. It's going to be more long term. Mm -hmm. But I do believe we will be able to recognize uh, uh, some dollars that can uh, go towards a raise for our police officers. Okay. So one of the things that we've noticed and and we've heard about, and if you live in this community, is that not everybody has been happy with some of the changes that you have made. And you've had pushback from some of the the longevity people who've been in the department over the years who don't like some of what's going on. You know, address that for us. Well, look, I think I don't think that's unique to any to the Baton Rouge Police, but I think any any. organization department would tell you that changing changes, uh, uh, changing the culture is hard, right. And, and, and making changes, uh, in, in every field. Right. Uh, so it, it is challenging, but you know, one of my priorities in, 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 in 2020 is, is to help to build that morale. I think okay. K will only be part of that. Um, but those officers that are, may not necessarily buy into some of the, the technology and some of the decisions uh, that we're making, I, I think we're going to get there. You know, one of the things that I realized when I look at the challenges with changing the culture, what's going on, looking at it from a historical perspective on things that we could have done better at. And one of the things that I believe that we as a department have not given our officers uh, one of the tools that was missing is leadership. Mm-hmm. We don't teach uh, officers and corporals how to be sergeants. We don't teach sergeants how to be lieutenants, lieutenants how to be captains and captains how to be deputy chiefs and chiefs. So what we did is I looked at some of the uh, the, the cops initiative. Uh, I had a conference call uh, with the uh, 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 an organization. It's called CryTac, uh, which is part of the cops initiative. And I plead. Uh, I presented a case and say, hey, we need help with leadership here. And uh, 
represented on that call was the FOP, the National Fraternal Order of Police, the National Sheriff's Association, uh, Noble, um, uh, the National uh, Training Standards uh, Corporation. Uh, I may be missing a few. Uh, the actual national, there's an organization that oversees all of the college and university police mm-hmm. departments, but well-represented national leaders who uh, uh, approved uh, uh, just uh, Monday. I okay. received a letter Good. that they re- approved our request uh, to provide technical assistance and uh, training to the Baton Rouge Police Department to help us develop. So what we've done is we've identified around 40 officers, 41, I believe, our first meeting, uh, who we identified as leaders in the organization, those who are demonstrated uh, uh, what we see in, in leaders. And, and this was the deputy chiefs and I, we picked these individuals. We picked mm-hmm. them from conversations with their peers. We picked them from the work they're doing. We also picked them because of what we heard from other law enforcement agencies. Okay. So we had that meeting this week, uh, our first meeting, uh, and they're going to be the group that's going to design and create a leadership program that is unique to the Baton Rouge Police Department that is going to set that foundation okay. on where we need to be. So that's something we're really excited about because what we learned through, through, through change and when you're trying to change a culture, it's hard. Right. You change culture has to do with attitude. What is the culture for people who, are, who don't yeah. know? What, what's the culture? So so the culture is is not very receptive, uh, you, you know, to change. Uh, obviously, I was an outsider uh, uh, coming in. Um, but the culture of the police department, mm-hmm. I, I think you can uh, categorize it, which is probably typical in, in many police departments around the country. Um, look, the people of this police department love the community. They don't do it for. Uh, for the money, right? right? <laughs> no, so no. so there is a love for the community, but right. I also think there is an understanding that they're not appreciated, right? Uh, and that we need to do a better job of showing them that they are appreciated and and praise. When I go through the community, I hear it every day. I get emails and text messages. We love the police. You know, you guys keep it up. We support the police. But somehow those messages that I hear in the community doesn't always make it to the hearts of our police officers. Can I throw this at you? What you just said. So the vast majority of people who wear law enforcement uniforms, Mm -hmm. regardless of sheriff, uh, police, fire, um, and the the vast majority of them are not people who end up in a news story because of some controversy, conspiracy or crime. Mm-hmm. Right. You would agree with that. Yes. The vast majority of people in in the community, including the inner city community, are not people who you are going to have to engage in a professional capacity as the arresting officer. Correct. Mm-hmm. And we've been on these canvases in the community and in different places. And you see that there is a mutual respect and admiration between law enforcement and the community. I think the problem often is the squeaky wheels dominate the conversation. They don't make up the majority of officers or people in the community. The majority of people in the community respect. And I'm talking across all racial. Absolutely. They respect police. And the, the vast majority of yeah. law enforcement officers have either never drawn their weapon and fired their weapon or never had a complaint on them. And I just think maybe not being a Pollyanna, but but maybe we should change our perspective from we need to be better about that as opposed to saying, let's remind people that we are better. Does well, that make sense? Absolutely. And I think I think what happens is those who who speak the loudest are not always right. Right. <laughs> no. 
uh, you know, those who own blogs spitting in negativity sure. and all that, they they, they <laughs> yeah. don't rep, they don't no. represent the masses. No, because the reality is most people don't have the time to do that. Hell no, most people don't have time to sit there no. and scream and yell and cry. No, you know? you're sitting in your drawers in your mama's yeah. basement or in your <laughs> living room somewhere, yeah. hating on somebody. So, and if you really wanted things to change, right? If you really wanted things Provide to be better, solutions. we know that that's not yeah. the way you would approach it. No, no right? You know, no, no. You know, you, you hear these these negative people who are always uh, complaining and, and, and trying to use divisive words. And I, I have a saying, you know, uh, or they spit hatred, right? I like to present hatred into the universe, that there's life after hatred. They need to try it. Mm. It's a beautiful <laughs> space to be in, brother. It's a beautiful space to be I, in. I just think, you know, disagreement, like politics. I tell people, yeah. I don't get that upset about disagreements in politics. Hey, it's the way it's yeah. always been. Yes, it was that way before you and I got here. Yes. I get it. It's when it becomes personal is like that's that's kind of a newer thing. Yeah. Right. It's it's calling someone's political position idiotic or saying that's a stupid thing. That's not brand new. Yeah. Digging into somebody, yeah. you know, making uh, physical characteristic criticisms and all these things. Don't need that. I just People think people like the creed villains. It, well, it, it, well, absolutely. Yeah. And then now among law enforcement, yeah. it's it's. It's different because you see all of these blogs and posts. You know, you remember uh, Montrell Jackson. Yeah. You know, may rest in peace. Talked about that in a post on Facebook. Absolutely. Before, you know, being the victim of violence and basically saying to the public that he sees it on both sides. Yep. And I think it, it even now, all these years later, that still resonates with me that that young man was basically telling people don't hate. He said, don't let hate infect your heart. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. Absolutely. And those those words, you know, if we can listen to those words that he said and how powerful they are, they yeah. would be better. You know, I, I think and that's, and that's the thing, you know, we, we got to stop giving energy to these negative causes, these negative people, these individuals who like to live in, in, in that state and in, in that space. I got a saying when you come in my office, if you do, your energy introduces you before you speak. No doubt. And, you know, I, I, we want solutions. You know, I you know, I, I, I'm I'm always open to a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, um, I'm, you know, welcome to to listen to someone to tell me how I can be better at my craft or how we can be better as an organization and improve right. in so many ways. And we hear that and we try those things. But we got to be mindful that the people in this community, even in the disinvested areas, right, those areas where we have high uh, 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 calls for service, mm-hmm. even in those areas, the majority of the people in those areas want us there. It's the they truth. We've seen it. Absolutely. We've seen it up yes. close. I'm telling yes. you, you know, Coach Miles was out there with us one time and we went into an area in uh, in Scotlandville mm-hmm. and 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 just it was it was different. So here's the thing. I know. So the, we'll do two conversations with the chief because he's got something like right behind this. Yeah. So will you come back and do a part two? Because there's a lot more Man, we can absolutely. talk about. Absolutely, I got a lot to talk about, <laughs> you know, and uh, just, uh, you know, look, we appreciate it. We're coming off for a, a year, uh, you know, 20 percent reduction in homicides. Uh, we're still waiting on the, the, the UCR numbers. The CADS data mm-hmm. is telling us that crime is down in every category. That's CADS. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCR may be a little different. Mm-hmm. Usually CADS is an indicator on what the UCR data will be, but we're going to wait okay. for those numbers. To when come are you out. getting that? Uh, February. Okay. The, yeah, the second right. week of February is when it usually comes out. Uh, and so look, those are wins and we're going to continue uh, with these wins. We're going to continue uh, working uh, with the community. You know, the 3.5, uh, 3.49 million 
um, uh, dollars in federal grants to help us uh, with, with, with long term strategies mm-hmm. in the police department. But I think what we got to look at a lot of the work that's going on now, the economic development, you know, from the Empower, uh, uh, the Move BR mm-hmm. initiative that the mayor uh, championed, as well as the uh, the mental health tax and uh, the, the stages that we're moving mm-hmm. up to get that mental uh, facility up and running and all the other economic development projects and jobs that are coming here. All of that has positive impacts on crime. Mm-hmm. You just don't see it today. Well, when we do our part two, I'd like to talk about your engagement with business and how yeah. the business community is important to you and vice versa and yeah. things that are happening there. I'd like to talk with you about opioids yeah, and the impact it had on crime last year. And then some of the new initiatives you've got going on for the department that people are going to hear about. Uh, let's let's kind of give a sneak peek on part two about that. OK. All okay. right, so you bring okay. the snacks next time. Absolutely, you, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I don't even have nothing to drink. Wait, wait, you have some water? Okay, all right, that's okay. All right, this is radio, so he can get away with saying that, right. right? Hey, hey, I, I do want to say this, though. You know, I, before we get in our next section, you know, somebody asked me uh, yesterday about this year and, and how hard it's going to be and, and this or that, and I have to say, you know, I think the hardest job is going to be replacing the LSU quarterback. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I do not want that job. What a season! I feel like we got to pray for that young man. We got to lift him up or whoever replaces him. <laughs> Holy cow! I, I had goosebumps. Imagine that being game. that age. Yes. And you possibly are at a place in your life where you'll never get higher. I hope he does, and I think he can. But I, you don't. You wouldn't want to peak peak at 20 right and the year he's had yeah he's so humble yes he's so focused yes and it's you want to see young people like that yeah. do well man well, you know he had a great season all yeah. i'm gonna tell you what did it for me when i saw the him, heisman speech no actually the heisman speech was great right okay but this is when he became cool hand luke right <laughs> he sat there with the cigar <laughs> And he's sitting you know. there, and he's sitting there on the on the sofa, and you see him point to a guy. I was like, "How cool is that, man?" That's, that's, well, you know, that's kind of that's kind of my thing right there. And you know, by the way, I wish you had been in the dome to arrest Odell. I don't know what the I don't what was Odell thinking about, I, man. I, I, I you got a billion cameras there. See, I'm that's right. Run away from that one. All right. Yes, God bless your listeners, man. Hey, Keep listen, supporting man. Supporting law enforcement. Keep Absolutely. Supporting the BRPD because we are BRPD. You're. BRPD, I'm BRPD, our listeners are BRPD, and this community will continue to rally around our great organization. Part two is next week. Back to wrap up in just a minute. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consultant. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. 
We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Clay Young here with Charles Harvey with the Metropolitan Health Group. If someone has been in an accident or has suffered an injury and they need experienced medical treatment, they can come to Metro. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. We've been in business for over 30 years in Baton Rouge and Lafayette. We have licensed physicians mm-hmm. who've been practicing medicine for several years. They're here to get these people back on their road to recovery. If you've been in an accident, you can go today. You don't have to set an appointment. You can walk in and be seen. Absolutely. Call, have your attorney call us, get you in to see the doctor, same day appointments. Um, we cater to you. So if you've been in an accident or suffered an injury and you needed to see a doctor immediately, Immediately, you can call Metro and you can make that happen. Absolutely. So there you go. If you need a physician for physical therapy or some other medical issue, contact the folks at Metropolitan Health Group in Baton Rouge at 225-926-3343. That's 926-3343. Bald, black, beautiful, but not as good looking as Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Clay Young and the Clay Young Show. How'd that get in there? We spend our lives, and dimes, I know some people that might disagree with that. You know? Well, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, since it was just brought up right there in the stinger coming back into the closing segment, as you know, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl coming up here in less than two weeks. I'm pretty excited about that. And yes, I know a lot of you around here are Saints fans. And so I won't rub that in. It's all good. It's all good. I will just say I'm very happy that the Niners are in the Super Bowl. This is a big challenge playing Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got that big, high-powered offense. But if we're really being honest, Houston should have beat that behind a couple of weeks ago, and they didn't do it. And so now the nine, I wanted to play Tennessee, to be honest with you. They seemed like an, an easier hill to get over, but we'll see what happens. And I promise if the Niners win, there will not be a bunch of gloating here. Don't do it. In fact, for most of you who listen to the show every week, as you know, there hasn't been a ton of talk about the Niners this year, even though we've had a good year and are now in the Super Bowl. But I'm excited about it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo is uh, is a winner. He's 23, I think, in five, 23 and five as a starter. And and that's good. But he's not the sole reason the team is winning. It's the defense and the and the coaching staff. But anyway, spend a couple minutes talking about that. Okay, let's talk about part two of our conversation with Chief Murphy Paul. That's going to take place next week. Now. There are a great number of things that have gone on in the last couple of years that have come up. All kinds of rumors, criticisms, things like that that have that have not been positive going in the direction of the chief. I'm going to ask him about him next week. We're going to talk about some of those things. Give him a chance to address all of that as it relates to the department and the work. Sorry, that should have been muted. And the work the department is doing and has been doing for the last several years to, A, improve relations between the department and the community, and then to highlight some of the great work that has been going on in that department for years. So we'll talk about that with him next week in part two of our conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed part one. Listen, you can go on iTunes. If you subscribe to the show there, leave us a rating. I tell you that it helps us when people are looking for shows that talk about various topics and you know, things of that nature. So please 
Check that out on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate it. I'm available to you on social media at ClayYoungBR on Twitter, Clay underscore YoungBR on Instagram, and of course, just Clay Young on Facebook. You can learn about the shows there and what's going on. Not a ton of exciting information about me. I'm fairly boring on social media with the occasional comment on some of the foolery that happens in our society. But there you go. That's how you can get at me. And you can also email me directly, Clay at podcast225.com. You guys have a great one and we'll catch you next week here on the Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.